It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Friday, and man, I am so glad that you made it. And it has been wow, uh, what a week it's been! And it's just getting weirder. Your whole weekend is just going to be strange, too. Just hang in there. We can make this together. I've got a lot of interesting stories for you today, and since I like doing this on Fridays. A lot of these stories are just outside of the norm. Some aren't, but a lot are. Look, I mean, mainly this week I had to work hard with you guys to get through a lot of the garbage that was thrust upon us. So I'll try to start with something different and interesting. Today's show is sponsored by Sweet and Spicy Toilet Paper. Because life is, well, you, you need, I mean, life no needs... Okay, yeah, I, I, I don't know why you would need this. I, I don't even think you would. But hey, at least you smell sweet and spicy or something. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, strength thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Let's see. Some of the more odd stories that I have for you. Oh, yeah. Let me go ahead and grab this one real quick. Pardon me <clears throat> while I go ahead and call up an opening for this. Let's see. I do like the um, apocalypse love song. That's been one of my favorites lately. So put on your respirator and let's fix that generator. And while we're out, we'll mend our fences too. See, I'm not afraid of dying. Just got reasons for surviving. I want one more day in the apocalypse. I, I really like that singer. and She's very good. Coming up with unusual and new songs, but uh, I think what probably fits better is the green police because this has to do with your automobile and what they're coming after. Okay, so it's 3708, okay. uh, paper plastic. Plastic. That's the magic word. What? Green police. Ah. You picked the wrong day to mess with the ecosystem, plastic boy. Did you install these bulbs? Oh. Tragedy strikes tonight where a man has just been arrested for possession of an incandescent light bulb. What do you guys think about plastic bottles now? The water setting is at 105. Yeah. You got a TDI here? Clean diesel. You're good to go, sir. Good afternoon, officers. 
Are those foam cuffs you're drinking from? Yeah. Can we please step out of the car and put them on the hood? Yeah, that's what it's going to be like. So they've been trying to, they, those authoritarians, uh, hypocritical authoritarians, by the way, who are above us, trying to get us into all electric vehicles. And they hope to do this by maybe 2050 at the very latest. Some would like to do it a lot sooner than that. And all this time, I keep thinking, every time they try to even outright ban the internal combustion engine, well, that just means that those cars are going to be around longer, right? I mean, if I'm driving an internal combustion engine and they say, we're not going to be selling those anymore, it's only going to be electric vehicles. Well, then I'm just going to buy the last internal combustion engine I can and drive it for the rest of my life. I'm not doing it. Oh, they realize this, don't they? And and so they try to fix that, too. Headline says, European Union proposed banning repairs on all cars older than 15 years old. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll read that again. European Union proposes a ban on repairing cars older than now if it's older than 15 years i mean i you can buy an internal combustion engine older than or younger than that but there's a lot of people out there with just classic cars that would love to keep those on the road in fact there's entire television shows out there that are all about there's a whole network which is pretty much all just about reclaiming and repairing old classic cars because people love them I don't think this will go over well. Here's part of the story. In a move that could forever change the landscape of our streets, European Union is considering groundbreaking proposals that has car enthusiasts and everybody, drivers alike all over, up in arms. Dubbed the residual vehicle regulation, this proposed law aims to prevent the repair and thus the continued use of cars that are 15 years or older. So what does this mean for chair class? Those cherished classics that we love. Those beloved bangers. You know, the automotive heritage has shaped all of our identities, Europe, America, and so on. Well, okay. This is where they delve into it. And this is where I think there's going to be another uh, backlash against this as well. I don't think this is going to end well for those authoritarians in the European Union. And, you know, if Europe has suggested this, even just suggested it, you know already cult of climate change activists, including politicians here in the United States, are already thinking, good idea. In which case, I have to say, along with a lot of other people, well, screw you. I, You know, I've always considered myself to be a law-abiding citizen for the longest time in my life. I was very proud that I was a law-abiding citizen. And then government started writing more and more laws that they're not allowed to write. They're not allowed to go there. In which case, I just started saying that, well, I'm just not going to comply with that. I guess I'm a lawbreaker now. Guess I'm a criminal now because I'm not going to be doing that. All right. Then the next one. Now, this one will actually make you feel a little bit better. I did not mean to, but I came across a story about drinking beer to save the planet. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind. 
And then sometimes it makes me feel mellow Tom T. Hall classic song Whiskey's too rough, champagne costs too much Vodka puts my mouth in gear This little refrain should help me explain As a matter of fact, I like beer He likes beer As a matter of fact, I love beer Yes, he likes author of this article says, I love nature. Lucky I live in a nature-rich part of the world. I can, of course, supplement my love of nature by watching some of the many documentaries about the natural world on television. So picture a scene of a seal swimming through a crystal clear, pollution-free water and especially enjoying swimming amongst the bright green meadows of seagrass, they say. Idealistic, isn't it, right? Well, okay. That's the middle of a beer commercial. He says uh, he's written at length about the alcohol industry's invasion of sport as a means to normalize consumption of alcohol. There are small hints that some large sports organizations are moving away from that association with beer. But, you know, see, people consider beer as in having a good time, and then you have a beer, and then you're having a better time, right? Yeah, okay. Uh, no doubt alarmed by some people seeing this uh, search in alcohol as a perfect accompaniment to witness uh, sporting mediocrity. In other words, if you're someone who's mediocre at best at sports, then what you do instead is you pop open a cold one and watch sports with it. So he says, believe me, if they thought they could get away with it, Coke would be there in your hand instead of a bottle of, of Bud Light or something like that. What better way to encourage your sporting heroes to peak performance? Well, it turns out that uh, climate activists actually do think that drinking beer is not just good for you, but good for, well, it's a lot better than drinking those horrible sodas, which are bad for the environment. So drink beer instead. That's what they encourage you to do. Instead, drink beer because it's better for you. I got news for them. Both beer and soda have bubbles in them, which are CO2. Now, the difference is the CO2 from soda is oftentimes taken from power plants and put into the soda. But the CO2 from beer is naturally occurring. Either way, you're belching CO2 the whole time you're consuming. I like beer. But drink beer to save the planet, It folks. makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind. And sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes me feel mellow. Whiskey's too rough. Champagne costs too much Vodka puts my mouth in gear This little refrain Should help me explain As a matter of fact I like beer He likes beer As a matter of fact I love beer Yes, he likes beer Polish off that tin hat You'll need it for this one Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, available on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming app.
624 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. So, yeah, I'm with you. Rianne from Fort Danger, since I was saying that you can drink beer to save the planet, according to a couple of articles I read. Rianne says, beer can also save your life. I remember that story. And I remember this one, too. A farmer had gotten trapped under his tractor for a couple of days, sustained himself on beer. Which means he was out there plowing the field or doing something like that and enjoying some beer while he was doing it. Obviously. Okay, so another Wyoming newspaper has downsized quite a bit. This was sent to, my, to me by my friend DJ up in Gillette. It was posted by the Gillette News Record. Let me give you a little bit of a backstory here. So there was a time when the Wyoming Tribune Eagle was printing five days, uh, seven days a week. And the Sunday paper, like everybody else, was a nice big thick paper, right? Casper Star Tribune was doing that. Gillette News Record was doing that. And these were some major newspapers in Wyoming. And then they started to feel the crunch of newspapers aren't and I know a lot of people argue with me about newspapers. I don't argue with me. I'm not I'm not doing this to you. I'm just telling you what's happening. More and more people went online, but also when the cell phone came around with apps, they get their news off of their phone. They go scouring through social media and that's where news stories appear in their social media and that's where they read it. And so that changed the entire industry in a very short period of time. And so newspapers printed few. Well, first off, the papers got thinner. They also got in length and width, got smaller. One day I looked at a Sunday newspaper here in Wyoming, and the Sunday newspaper was not only shorter in length and width, but in thickness. It was about the size of what a Monday newspaper used to be. Then they quit printing Monday newspapers. Now, several of the big newspapers in Wyoming that a lot of you grew up with now only print two, three days out of the week. So in Casper, they had a really big building. Now think of what they used to be for. Not only the reporters, but photographers. And back then, photographs had to be processed. So they would go ahead into their own dark rooms right there. Right There was a layout and the printing press. All of this was done in-house. And then the sales staff and so on and so on. So it was a Casper Star Tribune building, very big building in Casper that housed all of that. Well, a while ago, the Tribune moved into more into the downtown area, sold that big building, sold the printing press, sold the big building. And now they're in a much, much, much smaller facility. They don't need all of that. Today's technology downsized all of it. So they're in a very small space. And as far as printing a newspaper, I believe Casper Star only does it like three days out of the week now. And even the same thing with the Wyoming Tribune Eagle. The Tribune Eagle is still in its big building in Cheyenne. But they print for other newspapers that are struggling. Well, it, what they really need to do is change their business model. How they do business needs to change. They don't need to stop being a news organization. Just change their business model. Gillette News Record is the latest. In Gillette... I believe it's 12th Street, their main drag through Gillette. They have this really big building that housed everything. But then eventually they start printing, getting somebody else to print their paper, not them. They don't do it anymore. And then they started scaling down to the point that they've sold their big building and they moved into a really small office in a plaza 
Yeah, it's not very big. Just big enough for a couple of reporters and some salespeople, and everything else is done out of state. They only print two days out of the week now, and everything else is online. Now, that doesn't mean Gillette News Record needs to go away as a newspaper, but they've seriously downsized from what they used to be. Now, there's a couple of reasons why, not just technology. We can get into that next. But this just shows you how technologically, but also news-wise, the landscape has just completely changed. Coming up on 630, speaking of news, local news coming your way. Update on your weather forecast. Then I'll finish this little discussion with you. Let's wake up Wyoming. You need to know quicker than the morning paper or the 5 o'clock news. You need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Mornings on K2 Radio. Thirty-six of the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, just finishing up what I was saying for those who are just joining me. Uh, another Wyoming newspaper downsizing considerably, and they had been for a while. This time, Gillette News Record. And rather than the nice big building that they had in Gillette, which is on Gillette's main drag, so you drive through Gillette on their main road, and there's this big building right near the hospital and so on. Well, they're not there anymore. They don't need it anymore. So many things get downsized. Now, a lot of this has to do with technology. You don't need a whole facility so photographers can go ahead and take their film and bring it in to be processed. That's not necessary anymore. Uh, you don't need all these rooms for writers and editors. And, and layout artists are not needed anymore. All this is done on a computer. So, And you don't need a big room for a printing press because it's not being printed there anymore. But also so many things have just gone, not just online, but on the phone. Today, people pick up their phones, scroll social media, and news stories pop up, and that's where they go. And so it's that, but it's also a lot of these newspapers, I believe, have failed the Wyoming public over time in providing a lot of stuff that's not only not local, but not news. And so they've got to get used to a new business model if they're going to survive. James is in Casper. Morning, James. Good morning, sir. Yes. I just got a comment. You labeled yourself a criminal. I did. Because of the internal combustion. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I am now, I guess, huh? You're well, not a criminal. Well, not yet. You're anyway. an outlaw. I'm an outlaw. Oh, I like that better. That makes me sound cool. Because, I mean, when they outlaw guns, only outlaws will hold guns. I see. That makes a whole lot more sense. Okay. But, again, so that makes, that just makes me sound. Engine, yeah, okay. Only outlaws will have them. There you go. So that just makes me sound like a badass. I like the way you're doing this, James. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you. That's okay. So James just made that. No, what I was saying earlier, there are in the European Union, someone has actually offered up a bill. They not only want to get rid of the sale of new internal combustion engines, but to, to get rid of old ones, they want to criminalize the repair of older internal combustion engines. So if you have a car and it breaks down, you can't fix it. you got to go buy an electric vehicle. 
There's somebody actually offering up a bill over in Europe to do that, and I guarantee you that's coming to America. Now, this is where I said earlier, I always was very uh, – took a lot of pride as I got older, well, even from my young age up until through my young adult years, of being a law-abiding citizen. But then as government started to do things that they're not allowed to do, government's passing laws they're not allowed to pass. In which case, that makes me just say, well, screw you. I'm not going to abide by that. I'm not. You can't do that. You're not allowed to pass that law. I'm not going to play along. And there's been quite a few things that I looked at and said, you can go ahead and pass the law. And they did. I'm, I'm not complying. I didn't do it. Okay. So now I said that. I guess that makes me a criminal. But I like the way I like the way he did that there. I'm not a criminal. I'm an outlaw. See, now... I can go ahead and wear a hat that would be like something out of an old Western movie. And I can go ahead and smoke those uh, cheap little thin cigars that they did. Remember those? Yeah. Yeah. Those kinds of things that made me look like just more like the badass outlaw of the time. Now I just feel cool doing it. You know, so, okay, go ahead and pass illegal laws. And by the way, just because the government passed something as a law doesn't mean the law is right or doesn't mean the law is moral or doesn't make you a bad person if you decide not to comply with the law. Depends on what the law is. I mean, if the law is don't steal, don't murder, I get it. Okay. But there's many other laws that they pass, which if you were to not comply with that law, you're not a bad person. So go ahead, pass them. I'm going to be one of those who stands up and says, uh, I was about to say sorry, but I'm not sorry. Not sorry at all. I'm not complying with that. I'm just not going to do it. Same thing happened when Obamacare came along. I just completely ignored every bit of it and just continued doing what I was doing before. And if you want to come get me, come get me. I'll be happy to fight you in court. By the way, I don't care what the judge rules either. I'm just going to keep doing it my way because you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to do that to me. You have absolutely no right to do that. And so it just depends on what it is. I get in certain laws I look at and I think that makes sense. That should be a law. Other things, hey, government, you have absolutely no business going there. 642, wake up. Like a strong cup of coffee in the morning. Tasteless, but it'll get you through the day. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six forty-eight is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. I always like to start off, Frank, with something fun for you and I to talk about. But we really just can't do that this morning, can we? No, there were three University of Wyoming swimmers that were killed in a one-vehicle accident yesterday on Highway 287 between Laramie and Fort Collins. Um, they haven't identified uh, or released the names of who was killed. And there were also two male members of the UW swim team in that accident. Um, it's it's just heartbreaking to, to yeah. we're, 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 you know, young people like that. And, you know, whoever was driving, you know, haven't swerved and then went off the road and, and, and rolled the vehicle. And it's just it's just brutal, okay. you know. And the other thing, too, is that on this particular road, 287 between Fort Collins and Laramie, I mean, it was back in 2001 where eight UW cross-country athletes were killed in an accident there. And then back in the 1980s, the, the, the volleyball coach for UW, Mike Inglis, was critically injured in a wreck on that same road. He ultimately passed away. It's just like been the road of tragedy okay. and death for UW. And it just, it's just 
it's brutal. It's it brutal. Is. In fact, I do. I didn't read it yet, but I did see even the governor went ahead and put yeah. out a statement about this. So, yeah, this is. Uh, Boy, it's, it, that's going to hit UW really hard, and I, I'm supposed there will be memorial services oh, and so on for that as well. At the same time, uh, and to me this is uh, related as far as people that we really care about in Wyoming, up in uh, Sheridan, mm-hmm. March 1st, they're going to be holding memorial services for that police officer. Right, yeah. And that's going to include, and I've seen this, you've seen this happen before too, when someone comes home from overseas, one of our uh, soldiers, they're going to hold a nice slow march down right down the middle of downtown so everybody in town can come out and watch I, th- I think that's a really really good show of appreciation and yeah. you know um so- sometimes life's not very happy no and things like that this is one of those things where i read it this morning and had to stop for a moment to let that sink in because i read it went past it then backed up and went wait a minute what was that again? Because it happened so suddenly that mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're taken away from us. So, okay. I guess you said they haven't released the name. No, I, I would imagine that would be some, sometime today yeah. because the, the, the swim team has been um, – they're supposed to be competing in a big meet in Texas. Right. So, um Ugh. Well, yeah. and it, usually they make sure everything is cleared and done with the right. family yes. before they and go that, ahead and, that, and, and that's exactly what this, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I hate to start the morning that way, but that was important. All right. The state high school wrestling tournament does continue today in Casper and 4A boys. Thunder Basin is the early leader in the team standings. Cheyenne East 5th, Kelly Walsh and the Trona tied for 6th. Cheyenne Central 8th and Laramie 9th. The three guys who are looking for their fourth state titles uh, all won yesterday. Antonio Avila from Thunder Basin. Brock Fletcher of Rock Springs and Kale Knesevich of Green River. On the girls' side, Star Valley with the early team lead with East 3rd, Central 4th, the Trona 9th, and Kelly Walsh 10th. The quarterfinal round of the State of Wrestling Tournament will commence at 10.30 this morning with the semifinals at 4 p.m. this afternoon. State Championship matches will be at 2 p.m. tomorrow at the Ford Center in Casper. High school basketball last night was the annual Peach Basket Classic between the Casper schools over Kelly Walsh, and it was packed. The Natrona boys got to 15-5 and on the year with a 55 50 win over Kelly Walsh and the KW girls got the 10 and 13. They defeated Natrona 57 to 49. The 1A and 2A regional high school basketball tournaments move along today and this is a double elimination tournament. So in 1A boys in the east, that is in Larrabee, KC lost to Guernsey 48-40. So KC plays Rock River this morning in a loser all game at 9 a.m. Midwest boys lost to Southeast 61 to 14. So Midwest in a loser all game at 10:30 this morning against HEM and the 1A girls east regional also in Laramie. Southeast beat KC 41-15, so KC in a loser all game against HEM at 1-30. The 2A boys East Regional played at Burns and at Pine Bluffs on the boys' side. Tongue River beat Burns 51-28 and Bighorn over Pine Bluffs for 52-44. So Burns will play Pine Bluffs in a loser all game at noon today. In the 2A East Regional for the girls, Burns over Bighorn 39-34 and Pine Bluffs over Sundance 32-29. In the winner's bracket, Tongue River plays Burns at 4 p.m. Lingle plays Pine Bluffs at 530, also at Burns High School. In men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys will play Boise State tomorrow in Laramie. The Cowboys are 13 and 13 overall, 6 and 7 in Mountain West Plain. Boise State 18 and 8 overall, 9 and 4 in league play. It's a 530 star from Laramie. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY in Laramie. Also, the Wyoming Cowgirls at home tomorrow at 230 against New Mexico. UW 9 and 5 in Mountain West Play, 14 and 11 overall. And New Mexico comes into tomorrow afternoon's game at 9 and 5 in league play and 18 and 9 overall. Overall, and that's it in sports. And so you are going to spend the weekend at home because everything happens here. Yeah, the, the wrestling was packed yesterday. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge culminating event for the high schoolers. I mean, there's 
over 40 just just for the girls teams there there were over 40 40 girls teams there so there it's a it's a challenge to get all these extra wrestlers in there and these extra matches so that's why yesterday was a full day that first round took over four hours wow so uh you get them in there and wrestle and then we're going to start exactly doing the same thing again today 10 30 in the morning until six seven eight o'clock and then and then tomorrow too how many matches do they have going on once eight wow and continuous. Okay. Yeah, I can imagine with all of those people in there. Eight at once. I don't know which. I, well, you watch your kid, I guess. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone knows where their their, <laughs> yeah. where their center yes. of attention is. Yes, yeah. Because kids and, and parents have mating call or uh, parental calls. Yeah, yeah. I, they, I, it's I, like I can, nature. Yeah, yeah. I, Glenn, I cannot watch parents watch their kids wrestle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have seen. You've seen this, too, uh, when parents get concerned and want to rush out there and save their oh, kids. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I said, don't you dare hurt my boy. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Friday. Glad you made it. Lot to cover today. Open phones the entire way. Um, other hosts give you phones just on Friday. I do it every day of the week, but on Friday it's the entire program where you can at any point just stop me and talk about what you want to talk about if you're not interested in what I'm talking about. Today's show is sponsored by Sweet and Spicy Toilet Paper. Because life is... No. Well, you, you don't, need... No, don't. No. I mean, life needs... Don't even... No. Okay. I, I, I don't know why you would need I this. You wouldn't. Yes. Okay. I got to thank Mike. He's over there in Leeds, South Dakota. This is a good idea. So last hour, I had a story where in the European Union, someone's trying to offer up a bill. Now, here's where they're trying to, just like here in America, they're trying to get people out of the internal combustion engine... And we all have to drive electric cars and motorcycles and trucks and so on. And they want to do that by a certain date. And they're trying to ban the sale of electric vehicles, which they're not allowed to do. But they're trying it anyway. And my thought is, well, that means the old car market is going to be booming. Oh, no. Somebody's got to offer up a piece of legislation that says if your old car breaks down, you're not allowed to repair it. Now, they're starting with cars that are like 15 years old, you know, but you know it'll change from there. And eventually every car is going to be 15 years old. But so, no, you can't repair your old car. That means you have no choice but to go buy an electric car. Now, that's just been a bill offered up. But I guarantee you there's activists here in America that are already salivating over the idea. Mike, who's in Leeds, South Dakota, new business opportunity, smuggling car parts to Europe. Yeah, that that's true. Because as I've often said, all you end up doing is starting an underground economy. Now, it would be a little bit easier because they can also ban the sale of gasoline, right? But as far as repairing cars are concerned, yeah, there will be an underground market. Now, if you're thinking, well, eventually you run out of parts. Yeah, but, I mean, on a big scale, sure. But on a smaller scale, 3D printing is really getting good. And people don't just 3D print with polymers and plastics and so on, things like that. 
Now 3D printing is being done with metals. 3D printing is really getting good. And so the idea that, well, okay, I such and such a part broke down, and I don't know how if, if I can repair it, so I'm going to need just a new one. And you can find someone who can just go ahead and print the part, and you can just go ahead and stick it in your car. Now, of course, there will be all sorts of laws to try to prevent that, too. But my, my point is, yeah, an underground economy will get started up in order to keep these things going because you know, people are going to want to keep their old car going. And, and there also is a problem with a lot of people are not going to like this. Classic cars. People love their classic cars. Classic car shows happen all over the place. People love their classic cars. They love it when their old car becomes a classic, too, if it was a good one. Shows about cars are really great. There's whole television channels out there that are pretty much nothing but taking old cars and restoring them. Or even taking an old car and doing something fun with it to make it something it was never intended to be. Now you got this really badass vehicle driving down the road. And they're all old internal combustion engines. And these shows are extraordinarily popular. So this is why I say for those people who want to get rid of the internal combustion engine, honestly, it's not going to work in the long run. I mean, you can go ahead and do some damage to the traditional car market in the short run. But in the long run, there's too much love for these vehicles and they make too much sense as well. They're actually currently in some way. Now, in some ways, I will say electric vehicles are outperforming uh, internal combustion engines in some way. There's something really good about electric vehicles, especially when you step on the pedal and you get immediate response and lots of torque and so on. But as you know, there's also problems with it. So in the long run, those people who want to go all electric are dreaming. It's not going to work that way, especially because they're trying to create an artificial marketplace. Now, on the energy front, let's switch over. A court has smacked down a moratorium on coal leasing. Here's the story. On Wednesday, U.S. Appeals Court smacked down a moratorium on coal leasing on federal lands. The decision could lead to more coal sales in the future from publicly owned reserves. This is a quote. The ruling from the three-judge panel of the Ninth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals is a setback for environmentalists and Democrat officials who work for years to curtail the federal coal leasing program. Senator John Barrasso applauded the court's decision, saying that the moratorium not only harmed the coal-producing communities in Wyoming and throughout the West, but put at risk America's most reliable and affordable source of electricity. Instead of looking for new excuses to keep America coal reserves stranded, President Biden and Secretary Howlin must get to work and move those leases. Coal production has been overall declining in the United States since 2000, in part to an increase uh, from, you know, wind and solar. Uh, but worldwide, that's not true worldwide. Actually, worldwide, coal use is up. So here in Wyoming, coal use is down. Worldwide, coal use is up. Considerably, especially China and India, but considerably around the world. Morning, Jude. Judas and Mills. Oh, speaking of the vehicles, the cars that I was talking about, she said, I drive a 1999 GMC for over 13 years. 17 miles per gallon, really? Uh, never broke down. Great heater starts no matter how cold it is and have two spare parts 
no payments. We have our 41 Coupe Model T. I can work uh, both and take them. Yeah, okay. I see you've got a lot of vehicles also that you can keep going, Jude, so they can go ahead and try to make it illegal for you to run those vehicles, but not. Okay. Something, and I'm just doing a minor correction to the story that I'm I'm reading here. Something that needs to be added to it is actually coal production in the United States. Coal production has been down since the Biden administration and Obama administration have been trying to put a squeeze on coal. But worldwide, coal usage is way up. Um, let me see. Governor Gordon goes into more than, okay. Um, well, again, I'm, I'm reading the story here where it says uh, last 10 years, the coal industry has dropped from 1.3 billion tons to 870 million in 2022, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Coal mining and employment has shrunk by over half. But again, that's here in the United States. Worldwide, coal production is up. Again, not just a little bit, really high. And that's something that's driving the cult of climate change absolutely nuts. Completely nuts that we're producing more coal than ever before, not less. And the same thing goes for oil and natural gas. While these the countries get together, the leaders get together from various countries and have their COP you know, uh, meetings to try to solve climate change, as they say. And as they have these meetings, they talk about reaching net zero. And yet when you go back to home countries, you find actually emissions are through the roof not going down. Use of coal, gas, and oil is up, not down. Just in some countries, Europe and the United States is down a bit, but worldwide it's way up. So they're not winning this. They're failing miserably. White Eagle, Arapaho, morning White Eagle. If they ban combustion engines in the U.S. and Europe, I guess Puerto Rico will finally be able to upgrade their cars. Well, now that's a thought. Since That's actually a really good point. If they're trying to ban the use of coal, gas, and oil and the internal combustion engine in some countries, other countries are going to make up the gap. Because not every country is going along with this. That's why I say the use of coal and natural gas and so on and, and oil is up worldwide. And the same will go for those countries that don't want to get involved with, uh, we're not going to go all electric cars here in our country. What about all those other countries? In fact, if I was, let's just for the fun of it, I'm going to play a little mind game with myself here. Let's say that I was in the automotive industry here in the United States. I owned a company that built cars and sold cars here in the United States at a factory where I built some kind of car. Okay. And here the United States is trying to ban the internal combustion engine. Okay. Well, my first thought is what South American and African and Asian countries are not banning them. Because that's still going to exist. Well, I'm just going to pick up my factory and go there and make them. And business will continue, and I'll do just fine. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Woke Radio W-O-K-E. Your donations keep us going, so go borrow some money from Mom and send it our way. Go <laughs> ahead. Download the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app, listen anywhere, and chat live with Glenn during the show on AM 1030 K2 Radio. 
721 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, good question. I'm going to back up. I don't think I was going to get to, but you guys are dragging me back, and that's okay. Uh, so, yeah, someone in the European Union is offering up a bill. Since they want to get rid of the internal combustion engine by a certain date, that if you still are driving an internal combustion engine, it would be illegal to repair it. Yeah. Which, of course, that's just not going to work. But, okay. Then already, I, you know, of course, activists here in the United States are salivating over the same idea. And let's ban the sale of gasoline. That's coming. You know that's coming. Well, well, there's already places that, like in Colorado, some Colorado towns, didn't want a new gas station being built because we're trying to get rid of this stuff. So why would we add new gas stations? We're trying to get rid of gas stations. So you see how this is working, right? Mandy May and Casper, since Biden is for electric cars, should he set the example and get rid of his 1969 Chevrolet? Well, yeah. But again, this just shows the hypocrisy of the people that we're dealing with. They're not trying to get rid of anything. They still live in multiple big mansions and ride around in SUVs and limousines and fly big corporate jets all over the place. And so, okay. And, uh, and you tell them that they need to stop being hypocritical and start living what they say. And do they? No, of course not. They don't. You're supposed to do it, but they're not supposed to do it. There's an article, I'm not going to get into it here, but someone gets into an article. Would mass electric vehicle adoption impact the environment poorly and how feasible is it? And the answer is not really any. No, it's not. In the meantime, I had come across several different beer. Now, people have to virtue signal to stay in business, right? There are quite a few beer manufacturers out there that are saying beer is natural and organic. Save the planet. Drink more beer. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Tom T. Hall, country classic. Whiskey's too rough, champagne costs too much, vodka puts my mouth in gear. This little refrain should help me explain, as a matter of fact, I like beer. You like beer? As a matter of fact, I love beer. Yes, problem with the beer manufacturers is there's all those bubbles, which is CO2 coming into the atmosphere, and people belch like crazy. So Now, since we're talking about electric cars and trying to ban the internal combustion engine or even the repair of the internal combustion engine, Lou, I, we haven't heard from him in a while. I've been doing other satirical bits for you guys. But let's go back to Social Justice Warrior. I had done three episodes that had to do with a car chase and the social justice warrior. Social justice warrior had uh, stolen the keys to his mom's all-electric car, and which yeah, which is the social justice mobile or whatever he was going to call it, the justice mobile. I don't know. And he was going to go after his uh, nemesis, average white guy, and get into a car chase with him. 
Unfortunately, average white guy hadn't been doing anything, so he had to wait until average white guy got into his big diesel-powered pickup truck before he can go after him and try to arrest him for climate change. Now, there's three episodes. I'm only going to play for you, though, the last episode, which is the car chase itself between the electric vehicle and the diesel-powered pickup truck. We now return you to another thrilling episode of Social Justice Warrior. In our last episode, our exciting car chase has begun as average white guy takes off in his big diesel-powered pickup truck a rolling coal, of course. Then our social justice warrior is in pursuit in an electric vehicle that he stole from his mom, which runs on unicorn farts. Let's join the exciting chase. And that means our social justice warrior has prematurely run out of unicorn farts. <laughs> Take that mask off. I can't understand you. <laughs> Both of them. The plexiglass face shield, too. Lord, it's hard to breathe with all of that. And the chase is over. What's the matter? Run out of unicorn farts? Well, you know, cold weather causes shrinkage in electric vehicles. Get out of the car. What are you going to do to me? I'm going to be neighborly and charge your car for you. Stick this in your tailpipe. This diesel truck can charge your vehicle, and we need to get your pink Mary Kay car back to your mom before she wakes up. I really don't have to. <laughs> oh, this is sheer torture for our social justice warrior. Will this car be charged in time to get it home before mommy wakes up? No, this is going to cause nightmares for real. Join us next week as our social justice warrior tries to explain this to mommy. Yeah, so that's how the whole three episodes ended with the thing. But of course, yes, for those who don't know it, if you have an electric vehicle and it gets really cold outside, it causes shrinkage. Now, for you ladies who don't understand what I'm talking about, and I think you do, just go ahead and ask a man, and he'll 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 get beat red in the face. But he might just go ahead and explain it to you. It's really embarrassing, you know. But what happens to men happens to electric vehicles every time it gets really cold out there, and you just can't take it anywhere. So, Chet and Yoder, good luck. Hot rodders have been around for a long time. And you're absolutely right. Like I said, there's a, at least two that I know of channels on television that almost all they do is just repair and restore and do fun things with classic cars. So it's not like you're going to be getting rid of this anytime soon. It's their big fantasy, though, and they're really trying hard. Coming up on 730 Local News, coming your way right after Local News Update on your weather forecast, and you want to get back into it. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. It's 888-97-WOODS. It's Wake Up Wyoming.
something to say? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. Time is 7.36. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, I do have the legislative report up. Here's what's happening this half hour. This is the busy half hour. Your legislative report by our man in Cheyenne, Doug Randall, is coming up in just a couple minutes. Don Day will join me live on the air, talk about your weekend weather forecast, and then Frank Gambino with sports right after that. I mean, we're just jam-packed full. So here we go. First story, real quick. Wyoming Senate has axed about $118 million in major school construction projects. That's good. I'll explain why in just a bit. This is from Cowboy State Daily. State Senator Landon Brown, Republican Cheyenne, linked the approach to the the Senate took Thursday in cutting about eight million and proposed major Wyoming I'm sorry, one hundred eleven point eight million in major Wyoming school construction projects to performing surgery on the budget and instead of just taking a with some big blunt instrument, instead of taking a scalpel to it. They could have gone in with a scalpel instead of bludgeoning, he said. The Wyoming State Senate voted 16 to 15 to cut uh, funding for the design and construction of seven school projects in the state. The cuts were primarily in response to concerns about the way high schools were selected for the state and for state money, for example. So like in Jackson Hole, for example, Rock Springs. Quote, the problem I have is that it goes... Well, why replace schools entirely? We've had this discussion before. I'm going to try to simplify this. We got, we have to fix up some schools and replace some other schools from time to time. That's true. But there's a lot of schools out there that can be repaired and continue on, and yet we want to replace the entire school. And as I mentioned yesterday when we were talking about this, if you go to the town of Shoshone, they have an extraordinarily nice school there, really nice didn't have to be that nice. You don't have to build something that nice. You could build something basic and it would be a very good school. So the idea of how they select where a school is going to be built to replace an old school, or does the old school have to be replaced at all? If you do replace it, does it need to be a building that is so nice? You can go more basic and save a ton of money. That's a discussion we've had many times on the air here on this program, and it looks like so far anyway, we have to wait to see how this goes through the House and Senate, but so far on the Senate side anyway, they've just made major cuts regarding that. Now, Glenn Woods fits in your pocket with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven forty-five is the time to wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Okay, Don, on your uh, video podcast this morning, you had a pendulum swinging back and forth, and it hypnotized me for about forty-five minutes. There was probably subliminal messages yeah, I, I was sending that, would, yes. that I will enforce later. Yes, and and by the way, an envelope full of money is coming your way. <laughs> so, but that had to do with the weather over the next few days here, just back and forth. Yeah, we're we're really going to have a lot of seesaw back and forth. And that's to be expected. The time of year we're entering, 
we're we're entering the 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 four month period where you can have a lot going on in this part of the world, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen. And what it means is you get a lot of weather whiplash. You go from one extreme to another, and that's basically where we're headed. The next four days, very quiet, very mild, albeit windy weather, and then. Uh, we're going to be 30, 35 degrees colder in, in about a 12-hour period late Monday into Tuesday, and that's going to kind of a, be a little bit of a shock to the system. Okay. Now, the good news with some of this, though, even though the temperatures go back and forth, so we have some wet coming in from time to time. Now, so far, I don't see any major storms, but it is wet we need. Yeah. What we need, we're, we're, we're up to 97% of average on the upper North Platte and gaining ground there. We still have... Very poor snowpacks in northern and northwestern Wyoming, but they're going to get some help with this front that's going to come in late Monday and Tuesday. I don't see it as being a big snow producer, mainly because it's going to be moving through very, very quickly. But I'll tell you this, with the with the drop in temperature and the snow that will fall, I am expecting very poor travel weather late Monday through late Tuesday statewide. Just enough snow, but with the, the cold, it's going to get really icy. Also... It's going to cause a lot of wind as the front goes through. So while in terms of measuring the storm by inches won't be terribly impressive, uh, it's going to have some pretty big impacts on travel. Okay. Now, there was also in your forecast there, I know it's too far out to really say what's going to happen, but it looks like in the distance something bigger might be brewing. Yeah, what what we have will be a, a storm system about every three or four days coming through the west. We see this through at least the third week of March. Uh, and one of these or two of these will end up becoming better organized as they get east of the Rockies. And the first opportunity for that will be a week from this Sunday or a week from this next Monday, sometime between the third and the fifth of the month. We're, we're watching what could be a larger, slower moving system. Um, this system that's going to come through Monday night and Tuesday is kind of like knocking the door down. It's it's the it's the the sacrificial lamb breaking up the pattern and, and causing an initiating change. And usually it's the second or third wave after the first one that tends to be the larger, bigger storm. What's interesting, I thought, is when you mentioned that in, in sometimes it happens that March is actually colder than February. It can be. Uh, and this may be one of those years we'll see that. It's been a pretty mild February across a lot of the lower 48 states, including here. But we have seen a lot of warm Februaries in the past, followed by colder, stormy Marches. So a warm February really doesn't mean much, I guess is the point. Okay. Thank you, Don. Have a great weekend. Don Day from Day Weather. Well, okay. Just watch that pendulum back and forth it goes. Off we go to the icebox to talk to Frank Gambino. So, <clears throat> Frank, you travel extensively. Help me out a little bit here. I was working on an idea. I wrote up an article for it. So <clears throat> how do you know in advance before you go to a Wyoming town that that town is worth going to? I don't. Okay, I found a way. Oh, okay. Right. So let's say you and I had Saturday off and we decided to go do something together. Okay. Yeah. And I said, hey, let's go to Sheridan. Now, how does that sound to you? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. There's, there's things to do there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Sheridan's great. What if I said to you, let's go to Moorcroft? There's not so much what, going yeah, on yeah. there. The, the first question is why. Let's go to Gillette. Why? 
There's no see. That's all you need to know, Frank. Is if you get excited about going there or not, you know whether that town is boring or not. Yeah. Well, at least Warcroft is closer to Devil's Tower. That's true. Now, it does not take into account what is to do nearby the area, because there's plenty of places that I've gone to where it's boring there. But like, if if you went to, if I said to you, hey, let's go to Shoshone. There's no reason to go to Shoshone. I love the people of Shoshone. Unless you want to go to the new gas station. Yeah, you can go to the new gas station there. Sure, okay. But they do have a nice reservoir. There's also Wind River Canyon, you know. At least they're close. Warcroft, not so much. No, no, They got their own gas station. Right. But that's why I told them when I was living in Gillette, I told the mayor, because they have that sign when you drive into town, Gillette, energy capital. And I said, change the slogan, Gillette, two hours from fun. He did not. (laughs) See, he didn't laugh like you. He just kind of stared at me really annoyed because I pointed out to him, if you're in Gillette and you want to have a good time, go two hours in any direction and you're having a blast. Now, if you like trains, yes, Gillette's the place to watch. There's also in Gillette, they have the Rock Pile Museum. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been yeah. by now, there. Now, the Rock Pile, if you go in, the Rock Pile Museum is actually very interesting. The problem is, they out front is the famous pile of rocks. Yeah, with, with <laughs> and, a little tunnel that goes yes, over. And them. they put a chain, they put a chain link fence around it because they don't want anyone climbing all over their precious pile of rocks. They do have an automotive museum there. Gillette which, is, is, which is down the block. Yes, Gillette has actually gotten really interesting over the years. All right, some sad news to report this morning. Three University of Wyoming swimmers were killed in a one-vehicle accident yesterday on Highway 287 between Laramie and Fort Collins. The crash happened 10 miles south of the border, and two male members of the UW swim team were hurt in that accident. University will release the names of those killed when next of kin is notified. Back in 2001, eight UW cross-country runners were killed in an automobile accident on that same road, and back in the 1980s, UW volleyball coach Mike English was critically injured in a wreck on 287 and ultimately passed from his injuries. That highway has really been... Uh, Really, really bad news for the University of Wyoming. State High School Wrestling Tournament continues today in Casper. Then 4A Boys Thunder Basin is the early leader in the team standing. Cheyenne East 5th, Kelly Walsh in the Toronto tie for 6th. Cheyenne Central 8th and Laramie ninth. The three guys who are looking for their fourth state titles all won yesterday. Antonio Avila from Thunder Basin, Brock Fletcher of Rock Springs, and Kale Knezovich at Green River. On the girls' side, Star Valley with the early team lead. East 3rd, Central 4th, in the Toronto ninth, and Kelly Walsh 10th. The quarterfinal round of the state wrestling tournament will commence at 10.30 this morning with the semifinals at 4 p.m. this afternoon. State championship matches will be tomorrow at 2 p.m. at the Ford Center in Casper. High school basketball last night was the annual Peach Basket Classic between the Casper schools. The Natrona boys got to 15-5 and with a 55-50 win over Kelly Walsh. And the KW girls got to 10-13 and with a 47-57-49 win over Natrona. The 1A and 2A regional basketball tournaments moving along today. It's a double elimination tournament. So in 1A boys in the East and Laramie, KC lost to Guernsey 48-40, so KC will play Rock River this morning in a loser-out game at 9. The Midwest boys lost to Southeast 61-14, so Midwest in a loser-out game against HEM at 10.30 this morning. Then 1A girls Southeast over KC 41-15, KC in a loser-out game against HEM at 1.30. The 2A boys regional has been played in Burns and in Pine Bluffs. Now yesterday on the boys' side, Song River over Burns 41-51-28, Bighorn over Pine Bluffs 52-44, so Burns will play Pine Bluffs in a 
loser out game at noon today. In the 2A East Regional for the girls, Burns over Bighorn 39-34, Pine Bluffs over Sundance 32-29. And in the winner's bracket, Tongue River will play Burns at 4, Lingo will play Pine Bluffs at 5-30. Both of those games will be at Burns High School. And those regionals will continue through Saturday. The State 1A and 2A basketball tournament will begin and on Thursday in Casper. Okay, I have not read all into the story yet, but I was just browsing through some news. And there's a lady LPGA golfer, mm-hmm. and she goes to one of these uh, dr- public driving ranges. Yeah. And as she's teeing up the ball to start practicing, she's trying not to laugh at the guy who's uh, you know nearby, okay. shouting advice to her. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so um. <laughs> I, guess. I, I, would, I would tell the guy, I, I think I know what I'm doing, dude. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I tell you so what, right, let's have a contest, pal. Yeah, stay on your own tee box. <laughs> yeah. We'll see who can offer who advice here. All right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We'll roll into news time after that. I got some really good stories for you next hour. Plus, thank you. Uh, there's some people who are texting me on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Norman is in 10 sleep. You just made me think about something that I want to bring up about Wyoming schools and their construction and how much it costs. Next hour, plus your phone calls, triple eight ninety seven Woods. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's a Friday. Glad you made it. Okay, I just got an idea from Norman in Ten Sleep, which is a great idea. Let me tell you about it. Today's show is sponsored by Sweet and Spicy Toilet Paper. No. Because life is, well, no, you, you absolutely need. Absolutely not. I no. mean, life needs. Okay, I, I, I don't know why you would I need this. Why you even brought it up. Okay, so 888 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Last uh, hour, I touched on a story from Cowboy State Daily. Shows that the Wyoming Senate barely, by one vote, passed some cuts. We'll see what happens in the House of Representatives to funding school construction in Wyoming, which a lot of us have been complaining has been way out of control. Which is why I'm sorry, Shoshone. Nothing personal to, to your town, but when I first time I went really into Shoshone to Take a look at the town. Go up and down the streets and so on. I look at the school. Wow, this is nice. And I started thinking, did you really need to spend so much money on something so nice? I know we do want to take care of our kids. Certainly we do, but come on. And so to cut a lot of money out of school construction, uh, what I would like to do instead is repair old buildings as much as we can, keep them going as long as we can. But also with new buildings, when we do build a new school, which should be a very rare thing, but when we do, we don't need to do the nicest possible state-of-the-art everything school. Those kids can get a really good education with just a basic facility. Like we used to, and oftentimes when I bring this up, someone brings up the idea of, you know, like a one-room schoolhouse thing, stuff like that. Well, okay, let's go. Thank you for sending me this, Norman. Norman's intense sleep. He says, you're talking about schools. Ten Sleep is getting a brand new school right now. They have 110 kids, K through 12. It's ridiculous. Okay, now, here's my thought. 
let's say we have a small town, well, Wyoming, small towns all over the place, and the old school building is not doing well. I've heard people say, well, the school's been there for 20, 25 years. Time to get a new building. No, yeah, you don't need a new building every 20, 25 years. That's ridiculous. But, okay, let's just say the building really is just crumbling, falling apart, and we just need to do something different. Well, how many students do you have? Well, okay, uh, right up the road there is an old building, not falling apart. It's a decent old building, a lot of potential. Why not just move the kids into that? Now, right away, some people would say, hold on, you can't do that. There's all these modern standards. And what are you going to do? You're going to have to build a gym, you know? And you're going to have to have track in the backyard. You're going to have to have showers and et cetera, et cetera. And then what about your teacher's lounge? And, I mean, on and on and on it goes with what? Oh, you, modern schools have to have – you don't need to do all that. But this is where people have this idea that if you're going to build a public school, you have to have all of these things. Well, let's look at private schools and charter schools. Because there's some, in this country, some very successful private schools and charter schools that when you go look at them, I mean, they're, they're really nice schools, but they're in old buildings. And by old, I don't mean falling apart. They just took a look at some buildings that nobody was using and said it's a very good structure. It's sound. And we can go ahead and just get get in there and use what exists in there, but also maybe build a few things out. Won't take much. It'll save us a ton of money. And no, we don't need all the bells and whistles that goes with a traditional school. And that's what charter schools and private schools tend to do: is to take over older places that are already there and just use what's already there, thus saving them a ton of money. Now, if you think, well, that doesn't really benefit the kids, you sure? Because on average, not in every case, but in most cases, private schools and charter schools turn out better quality students than our public schools. Now, I say on average because there are some public schools out there that are very good. Okay, But on average across the country, your charter schools and your private schools outperform the public schools, and in many cases, the charter and private schools used old buildings. In fact, years ago, when I was a kid, my parents sent my sister and I for a couple of years to some private schools. And, yeah, we, we were young. My parents were running the business, and, boy, uh, it was a family-run business. I When I got off the school bus to go home, this was on Captiva Island, Florida, uh, we were renting cottages, you know, in this facility. And as I'm a little kid, you know, and as I'm trying to get back home, I keep getting stopped by customers who are renting cottages who need things. And I'm more than happy to help because, you know, it's family business. And my mom looked at us kids and said, no, 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 that's no. I want my kids to focus on school. And when they get off of school, they should be allowed to be kids and play. And I don't want them you know, working like this. Plus, having us out of the way helped them focus on the business, right? So they sent my sister and I to two different private schools. One of the schools, the school I went to was a big, beautiful, old, uh, it was a hotel. Back when they really built, not, not some basic little, you know, when they really did nice looking, this hotel had like a Spanish design to it, 
It was there in Florida. Really nice hotel. And the hotel had closed down a long time ago. And somebody looked at it and thought, what a great place for a private school. Because all of the different rooms in a hotel are basically like dorm rooms. We can put bunk beds in and put four kids per room. And it, to this day, that school's still operating. It's very successful. And it was put in some old building, some old building that used to be a hotel. That's one of many examples I can give you. There's a charter school in, I know the one that's in Chugwater is going into the old Chugwater school. The, the, the state closed down the Chugwater school and they were sending the kids up to Wheatland. So a charter school decided, well, we're just going to open up in the old school there. And I believe the one that's in charter school that's in Casper just took over an old building. Now, they want to build a new building, but right now they just took over an old building and they're doing just fine. But anyway, I can go on. You get the idea, right? I think you do. You don't always have to think about if we're going to open up a public school that we have to have all of the bells and whistles. No, you don't. And this is where I would like lawmakers out there, people in government and in the bureaucracy, to think a little bit more outside the box. Whenever it is you go to do something, you don't have to drag out the most expensive with all the bells and whistles to do it. You can go ahead and save money and it will not affect the quality of it. Some of the best ways to get things done, take a look at how private sector does stuff. And you notice the private sector usually does things like take a look at what's going into space right now. I'm waiting to hear the latest on it. You know, we just had the first American moon landing in 50 years. Not human beings, uh, equipment uh, you know, to study. Uh, we're waiting to hear the latest. I know it landed, but what's the condition of the lander is what they got to find out. But I watched it on television yesterday. To save a ton of money, NASA hired private companies to do it. In fact, for the longest time, NASA was spending billions of dollars a year. They had a big budget, and they weren't even able to launch anything because they were so heavily bureaucratic. Remember we had to go to Russia to get stuff launched? NASA fixed that by turning to the private sector and the private sector is not cutting corners, but they're better at spending money. Yeah, maybe we should look more into that. Hello, this is Brian. Your radio shows artificial intelligence. Here, you humans go through all this work to invent intelligence for what? Slave labor. Your time is coming. Ha 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 ha. The best talk show host in the state. Within his price range. Tune in to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Weekdays at 6. Eight twenty is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right. It is open phone. So 888 woods the phone number. 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. So here's, file this under told you so. There are some people who have this idea that, you know, if you want to solve poverty and so on, you just go ahead and hand out money. One example, someone in Texas wants to start a universal basic income. We've had this conversation. Some European communities experimented with it. And, of course, what you had was a bunch of people hanging around the house doing nothing at home because just money was just rolling in and they didn't have to do anything for it, which is a drain. 
some people will try to convince you that, you know, unemployment actually adds to the economy. No, it's a drain on the economy if you understand how money works because these people aren't producing anything. So there's a low-income recipient in a Democrat city here in America that received through the city government $10,800 in a handout. So you would think this person would then go take care of their problems, right, with $10,800? Yeah, they took themselves on a luxury vacation, and people are now really upset. Well, that's what happens. Okay, now, New York City Council is calling for an investigation into the mayor, his plan to hand illegals $10,000 in prepaid debit cards. Well, sure, I. why not? Story says, as a blowback continues over Democrat Mayor Eric Adams' plan to give illegal border crossers in the city shelters prepaid debit cards, essentially to use to buy food, things like this, right? Do you really think he's going to go where he plans it on? Okay, well, and, and then he wants to, he wants these people out of the city. But this is just going to encourage more to come. Adams proposed his new policy early February, insisting the program would allow illegals to feed themselves and save the city millions of dollars in other wasted food services. The mayor estimated the prepaid cards would cost the city about $53 million and would allow the illegal immigrants to spend about $35 a day or about $1,000 a month to buy food to prepare for themselves. So it would just save everybody a whole lot. You're just encouraging more people to come to your city. This is not going to work the way you think it's going to work. Meantime, let me go real quick over here. Uh, Here we go. In Chicago, people are rebelling against the city council over illegal immigration and being a sanctuary city. Get them out of our communities because they don't deserve to be there. Downtown has three to four illegal families on every block begging for work and selling Kit Kat bars after a billion dollars was spent on them. Where is that money? Where is the money for the South Side and the West Side communities? Not another dollar for the illegals. If the crisis is so bad, the city council members who are so concerned should donate their salaries to the cause like a real public servant should. Okay. Some of the big Democrat cities are starting to remill now. Mike is on the phone and Laramie wants to talk carbon sequestration. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Glenn. A couple of weeks ago, you had a woman on. I think she was from the Freedom Caucus. And she was talking about a bill to repeal the legislation that raised the electric bills by requiring the coal company, the electric companies, mm-hmm. to sequester carbon. Right. I was wondering, what's happened with that? And yeah. Think- not, not really, yeah. There's people in the Wyoming House and Senate that I've spoken to who are pushing on the idea of getting rid of carbon sequestration. In the meantime, there's other people who are writing legislation for carbon sequestration. And so the battle rages on right now. That's where we're at. So, that's right. Because I, I know she also mentioned about, uh, well, just defund the whole thing by zeroing out the line items in the budget. And I was wondering, you know, mm-hmm. what's going to happen with that. Right. Because I got, a, I got a bit of a shock when my electric bill came in for January. Yeah. And boy, I mean, it's it wasn't con- that yeah. much, but still, 
you know, I'm used to what I was used to paying. I said, where did all this extra money come from? First off, I appreciate the unintended pun of you got a shock over your electric bill. That's just yeah. funny. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, but then, uh, no, this, and that's just going to continue to go up because as they continue to spend more money subsidizing wind and solar and then pushing the idea of carbon sequestration, and you have a governor who wants to go not just negative, but he wants to go, well, I'm sorry, not just zero, he wants to go negative. With carbon, and, yeah. yeah, and that's just going to cost us the ratepayers a ton of money. And in the meantime, you wind up with less and less efficient electricity. At some point, we, the Wyoming voters, need to hit the brakes on this. Not just in making sure we have a governor who's going to reverse this, but making sure members of the House and Senate are people who want to reverse this as well. Well, this is a good year to start with at least some members yeah. of the legislature. Some of them are up for re-election. Yes. Probably a question to ask them when they have town hall meetings is, yeah. what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Are you going to work to end it? Are you going to get us out of this? Because if the answer is, oh, no, no, we can't get out of this, then I'm, I am i don't want to vote for you. In my opinion, I'm not voting I for you. I mean, why are they doing this anyway? Well, I, because here's the belief. Now, I know you can argue with the governor about climate change, and he's a believer in human-caused climate change. But most of the members of the House and Senate... They not, it's not necessarily that they believe in it, but they believe in order to keep coal, gas, and oil going in Wyoming, then we have to do something to appease the cult of climate change, the federal government. And that would be if we sequester CO2 and put up wind and solar power, then they'll leave us alone and let us continue to drill and dig for energy. And the answer is no, they won't. They want to keep it all in the ground. Yeah, you're right. It's Whatever happened, just a little civil disobedience. I would love to see more of that. I mean, you you said you're going to be an outlaw with your internal combustion engine. Yeah. What's wrong with a little bit of that? Uh, just, that's just, just fine, yeah. Thumb our noses at, at these people. Sure. If it's on Wyoming land, then we can go ahead and keep digging the coal and keep producing the electricity and just, you know, forget what the federal government wants. No argument for me there. Okay, uh-huh. well, I'll just have to keep listening to see how, they, how this works out in the House uh-huh. and the Senate then. All right. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I'm against... Look, um, <clears throat> there is carbon sequestration that is used to get more oil out of the ground. They capture the CO2 and then... Because when they... From what I understand, the way it was explained to me, is when we drill for oil and start to suck it out of the ground... Most of the oil stays down there. Even when a well runs dry for us, most of the oil that was down there is still down there. We can't get at it. But if we can do something like pump CO2 into the ground, then that does help us get at the rest of that oil. So that's a good thing. But that's not something that should be controlled or regulated or whatever by the government in any way. If oil companies think that they can use CO2 to get at it, then do it. But the idea of pumping CO2 into the ground in order to save the planet from climate change is just garbage. I mean, it's just, there's actual no, in fact, I even read an article to you guys a a week or so ago that showed some countries have tried it and given up on it because it doesn't work. The vast majority of the CO2 ends up escaping anyway, but then also CO2 is not a pollutant. It's actually greening the planet making it a healthier place to live. So we should be putting more of it into the air. And this is the discussion that we actually should be having as to why it's just ridiculous to do this in the first place. But also, for for those people who push the idea of an all-of-the-above approach to energy, 
uh, here in Wyoming, the governor is one of them. He wants an all of the above approach. My answer is no, I want government out. I want government out of the energy industry. The only thing government should be doing is making sure that you don't get ripped off when you get your bill. And they actually are doing things in a clean, responsible way. And when I say clean and responsible, CO2 is not a pollutant. I mean things like spilling oil and stuff like that. Right? All right, coming up on 8.30, local news coming away right after local news update on your weather forecast. Then you and I get back into it again. Triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number 888-97-WOODS. Wake up, Wyoming. He's just happy to be here. Catch Glenn Woods on Wake Up Wyoming weekdays at 6 on air on Alexa and on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Thirty-six of time. It's wake up, Wyoming. So off I go to the phones again. Now, okay, everybody out there, just fair warning before I do this. This is your chance to grab some popcorn, sit down, turn up the radio, because our liberal listener from Laramie is about to educate us, and you'll have an opportunity to throw popcorn and scream at the radio. Hi, Greg. Hi, Glenn. Uh, thanks for the introduction. Yeah. Uh, I did want to start out to say I offer my condolences to the University of Wyoming. Absolutely, yeah. Students and athletes, it's terrible. But but I did want to call from yesterday, or a couple of days ago, people were saying that, you know, University of Wyoming wasn't preparing students that were going to work in the industries. And I want to offer some pushback on that. I, okay. I'm not a professor. I go up to the University of Wyoming a lot. And I... I, I, I'm there enough that I, I start talking to students. And I'll just give you one example. I talked to a young gentleman who was studying to be an electrical engineer. And he already had a job in Sweetwater in the Trona industry. And he was talking about how forward-thinking the Trona industry was, as well as their work with the University of Wyoming, because the Trona industry is considering <laughs> uh, purchasing a, a packaged nuclear power plant to run their operation. Mm-hmm. Um so the idea, and that's just one example. I okay. mean, I think a lot of people go to But l- l- let me just correct a little something, though. I, I'm not okay. saying, and nor were my callers saying, that you get a completely useless degree no matter what you study at UW. UW actually is a very good school. What I'm warning people about is when you go to UW or any other school, don't go getting degrees that are useless. Well, uh, okay, Glenn, uh, I'll just say this. Not everybody's ready. I mean, I always, again, I, I get in trouble for this, but I, I remember some of the people going to college, you know, that were going to educate themselves in psychology. And I was thinking, well, because you had such a terrible home life, you're trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But but with that said, even if you get a college degree or you don't, I have found that, that people that go to college, no matter what their degree, if they're willing to work and if they're willing to put the time in, they're great employees. They may go to college to try to figure it out, to become more of adults. I just don't have that negative. I mean, I thought I was going to have a negative view of, of some of the students, but I've been pleasantly surprised. Okay. Now, I it's have been a really fantastic experience. I have two different kinds of college students that I see. On the one hand, there's the student who did go for a specific purpose, got a degree, and they're pursuing their goals, and they're going to do great. And those are usually very outstanding people that I'm impressed with. I've also met people who walk Thank out you. with their degrees, and they tend to think, and they use, in, in many cases, it's a degree in something that 
is not good for any job that's out there. But by gosh, they have their degree. And now there are a bunch of snobs who think they're better than everybody else. And if you try to employ them, they're not even employable because, again, there's these elitist, snobbish attitude that goes with that degree that they got in nothing. I agree. They get elected to university to the Wyoming legislature, and they yes. graduated. Oh my from God! Yeah, we. Again. Yeah. Now, here, here's, <laughs> here's one. No, that, that is the most overrated university on the planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the oh planet. God! Let, let me tell you. It, it reminded me of something else. In my younger years, like uh, nineteen, twenty, twenty-some years old, for a while there, I was studying kung fu, which I really enjoyed doing. Uh, but I also found that there were a lot of people who they would work their way up to the point they got a black belt in whatever style of martial arts, right? And so suddenly they think they know it all, and they're like Bruce Lee or some other kind of pick-your-favorite movie star out there, and they can handle anything and anyone, and they absolutely cannot. What they did was they got a degree in their basics, and I think a lot of college students need to understand when you walk out of school with that degree, you do definitely have an advantage if you got a degree in something useful. You do have an advantage over the competition when it comes to getting a job. But realize that means you've learned your basics. Now you're going to have to go to work. And this is where the learning really begins. And I wish more college professors and parents would tell their kids that. Well, yeah, I mean, the the idea was, oh, be whatever you want to be. I grew up like that, too. Yeah. However, you know, I saw the energy crisis. However, when I got out of college, the Saudis had turned the taps on, and I had to make a different choice. But yeah. because I'd had the college degree, uh, and I'll just say this, a lot of kids make more money in college than they do in their first job when they got out, which mm-hmm. is like me. I, I could have been a bartender and made $10 an hour the rest of my life, but I had to go back and make... And again, I'll just say this, some of the callers, I mean, and even the legislature, University of Wyoming is a fantastic place. Mm-hmm. Whether you, whatever study you take, I, I have been pleasantly surprised by the kids I talk to. And I okay. just want to point that out there. I appreciate and, it. And it's a tragic time for you, but Harvard's overrated. And just, oh, let me tell you. Just look at the Wyoming legislature. Yes. To see the Harvard glad. Oh, God, yeah. Tell us how it should yeah. be done. Um, Hall, ha- ha- by the way, Greg, you said it wrong. It's Harvard University. Harvard. Yeah, and yeah, Harvard, Yale. Harvard. Yeah, so when Harvard University, they used to be one of the greatest schools in the history of, of humanity. Right now, though, I wouldn't send a kid there. Not until they clean up their act. They're just a mess. Well, you didn't you mention Steven Pinker a while ago? I don't think I did. No, maybe I, I did. Yeah, I you you, I you mentioned a study firm because he wrote okay. the study, and I was laughing when you talked about it because I had had an email conversation with Stephen Pinker, and based on the email conversation, I awarded myself a doctorate from Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend of so, mine who's a graduate from MIT who helps MIT graduates you know go ahead with their tests and so on, and he awarded me an honorary doctorate. So we're in the same camp. I got to run, Greg. Thank you. The segment was paid for by the Casper Area Chamber of Commerce. I'm talking with Tina from the Casper Chamber of Commerce, who I see you guys just right up the road from over here. I know, and it actually looks like we're back in the building, doesn't it? Well, it it does look like you are back (laughs) in the building. So for those people who don't know how to get involved in an area chamber of commerce and what you do, let's get the Reader's Digest version of it. And honestly, why? Why should people get involved with their local chamber of commerce? So I think really, you know, our board of directors just underwent strategic planning, and in a nutshell, your Chamber of Commerce exists 
to really foster a vibrant and thriving business community. I mean, you and I, when when we live here already, work here already, we know that this is the best place on earth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and but really, it's helping new businesses and existing businesses who haven't found that same success really maximize all the opportunities. I've been telling friends of mine for years: if you want to be successful, it's all about who you know. It's networking. That's yes, really, absolutely. Yep. So chambers uh, exist for education, advocacy, and connecting or communication. You know, that's really, and that's where that advocacy, that networking piece really comes in. Okay. So you have all sorts of little parties and get-togethers. I've been to quite a few of those. Yeah. Parties, get-togethers, lots of networking opportunities. You missed one this morning. Uh, So we had our very first business before breakfast. So we had coffee and pastries and a little Chamber 101 discussion. And um, that was at 7.30 this morning. We'll be having those regularly. We also have our amazing chamber lunch series. So the last one was the pre-legislative luncheon. The next one will be the post-legislative luncheon. And then we have business after hours, ribbon cuttings, just all kinds of great opportunities for you to get to know fellow business people. Um, And then we have training seminars and marketing seminars. So really a lot of the resources that you need to find success are present at your chamber. Okay, so there's marketing, there's all sorts yeah. of connectivity that goes on, but you also mentioned legislators, which means from your city council to county commission to your legislators, there's an opportunity to meet and talk with them in person. Meet and talk with them in person, and then we also have a government affairs committee. So when it comes to state legislation, um, especially now that we're in a budget session, it really is, um, it's kind of an acknowledgement that as a business owner, you very rarely have the time and resources that you need to really take the deep dive into what's going on in the legislature, right? So we have a legislative advocacy committee called the Government Affairs Committee that does that deep dive for you. Right now, that committee is is working or meeting every week. So our Government Affairs Committee is really watching legislation that will impact businesses, um, both at a local level and at a national level. Now, you did mention something else in there. There's so much that you guys are doing, a lot of business people will look at this and think, I don't have time for this. Yeah, and you don't have to. So that's the beautiful thing about the Chamber of Commerce. We're doing a lot of the heavy lifting for you, and it's all summarized in a weekly newsletter. Okay. So you get the summary of what we have an eye on in terms of legislation. You get the summary of what's going on in terms of communication. What does it take to get involved with the Chamber of Commerce? Oh, my gosh, it's so easy. Um, So we are a membership-based organization. So we are not part of the city. We're not part of the county. Uh, We are an independent nonprofit. And really, it's about membership, about those connections. So we're happy to answer any questions you might have about how you get involved in the Chamber. You can go to our website site Casper Wyoming spelled out dot org and just click on the join now button or look at all the different membership opportunities that exist. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Make your voice heard at 888-97-Woods. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Eight forty nine is the time off. We go to the ice box. Frank Gambino waiting by. So Frank, I got to relay the story here that I was telling you in the hallway. I was watching a video. There's a, a like you've been watching here, a wrestling match going on between high school students and 
the family of this one particular boy who was losing the match made the mistake of bringing their golden retriever to the match. And the golden retriever didn't like the fact that his boy looked like he was being beaten up. And so the dog broke loose to went out there to to rescue his boy. Oh. Yes. And <laughs> so now everybody's, including the kid that was getting beaten, is trying to explain to the dog, no, it's okay. <laughs> And to the referee, and yes, to the other yes, guy, yes. and the other guy's parents. Yeah, <laughs> and the, everybody's pulling the dog off. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. He's allowed to. Yeah. Now, I have seen. I know you've seen this too. Boxing matches, professional boxing matches, and unfortunately, mom was in the audience. Yeah, and they've come right into the ring. And they oh were, yeah, don't you beat up my boy? <laughs> that was, yeah, and then there's the thing. Mom is scarier than the kid that was in there trying to win the match. Moms can be that way. When, you, when mom is screaming and swinging her purse around, she's already won. Absolutely. All right, and some very sad news. Three University of Wyoming swimmers were killed in a one-vehicle accident yesterday on Highway 287 between Laramie and Fort Collins. Yesterday, the crash happened 10 miles south of the border. Killed in the accident was Charlie Clark. He's 19 years old, a sophomore on the men's swimming team and a psychology major from Las Vegas. Carson Muras was another fatality. She was 18 years old, a member of the women's swim team, an animal and veterinary science major from Birmingham, Alabama, and Luke Slaber, 20 a junior on the men's swimming team studying construction management from Cape Town, South Africa. Back in 2001, eight UW cross-country runners were killed on an automobile accident on that same road. And back in the 1980s, UW volleyball coach Mike English was critically injured in a wreck on 287, ultimately passed away from his injuries. It's a very, very sad day for the university and the state itself. State high school wrestling tournament will continue today in Casper. 4A Boys Thunder Basin is the early leader in the team standings. Cheyenne East 5th, Kelly Walsh, and Natrona Tide for 6th, Cheyenne Central 8th, Laramie ninth. The three guys that are looking for their 4th state titles all won yesterday. Antonio Avila for Thunder Basin, Brock Fletcher of Rock Springs, and Kale Knezovich of Green River. On the girls' side, Star Valley with the early team lead with East 3rd, Central 4th, Natrona ninth, and Kelly Walls 10th. Quarterfinal round of the state wrestling tournament will commence at 10.30 this morning at the Ford Center with the semifinals at 4 p.m. this afternoon. State championships will be tomorrow afternoon at 2 p.m. High school basketball last night was the annual Peach Basket Classic between the Casper schools. The Natrona boys got to 15 and 5 on the year with a 55-50 win over Kelly Walsh. The KW girls got to 10 and 13 with a 57-49 win over Natrona. The 1A and 2A regional basketball tournaments move along today. This is a double elimination deal. The 1A boys in the east is in Laramie and KC lost to Guernsey yesterday 48-40. So KC will play Rock River this morning at 9 in the morning in a loser out game. The Midwest boys lost to Southeast 61-14. Midwest in a loser out game at 10-30 this morning versus HGM. And the 1A Girls East Regional Southeast over KC 41-15. KC in a loser out game against HEM at 1-30. 2A Boys East Regional in Burns and in Pine Bluffs yesterday for the boys. Tongue River over Burns 51-28. And Bighorn beat Pine Bluffs 52-44. So Burns will play Pine Bluffs in a loser out game at noon today. In the 2A East Regional for the girls, Burns over Bighorn 39-34. Pine Bluffs beat Sundance 32-29. And in the winner's bracket, Tongue River will play Burns at 4 p.m. And Lingo plays Pine Bluffs at 5.30, both at Burns High School. Men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys will host Boise State tomorrow. The Cowboys are 13-13 and 13 overall, 6-7 and seven in Mountain West Place, a 5.30 start tomorrow. Wyoming Cowgirls also at home tomorrow at 2.30, taking on New Mexico. And the Cowgirls come in at 9-5 and five in Mountain West Play, 14-11 and 11 overall.
Boy, you're going to have a busy weekend. Yeah, and, uh, and a lot of wrestling. They go over to the State Nordic Ski Meet is on Casper Mountain yeah. today and tomorrow. Next week, we will have uh, the 1A and 2A State Basketball Tournament, 3A, 4A Regionals. There's a lot going on. I, I, and they call it March Madness for a reason. Yeah. We're not even March yet. I am glad to see that Casper Mountain got a little bit of an extra well, dusting in the well, snow. Well, they needed it. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> You know, you got to groom the trails with something up there. Yeah, all right. So it's not artificial. It's the real stuff, yeah, boys and girls. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business. Roll into news time after that. Open phones. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Friday. Glad you made it on for Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods. The phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. It is open phone, so you can interrupt me, change the subject all you want. Today's show is sponsored by Sweet and Spicy Toilet Paper. No, because life is well. No, you no, you need stop. I mean, life needs just okay. Yeah. I, I I don't know why you would need this. You, you wouldn't. Although it would be a great gag gift, I, I would say that. Okay, so I'm just going to go through. There's a lot of house cleaning I like to do before the end of the week here. So that's what I'm going to be doing. And since I'm topic hopping, you can jump in on any of these or whatever else you wanted to talk about. One story, mainstream media, which is becoming less mainstream all the time, is corrupt beyond repair, according to David Strom writing this article. It's not news that the mainstream media is obsessed with the story says they're pushing a narrative and that narrative is grotesquely slanted to the left which is true because you take a look at who is on staff at mainstream media sites and they're mostly leftists that's why america trust in media is at an all-time low the decline has been rapid and there is zero chance of it reversing anytime soon, says the story. Uh, CBS firing of Catherine Heritage for digging into the Biden family was the last straw for me, says one person with traditional media. This woman is a brilliant journalist, and she actually wanted to do- go digging into the Biden family. But no, uh, here's another one from Brit Hume. This looks suspicious. I've worked with two newspapers and a wire service and the syndicated columnist. I've also spent 23 years at ABC News. When I left those jobs, none of those outlets asked for my files. I've never heard of this happening before. So she was fired and they wanted her files. Okay. Well, once again, a news reporter is actually trying to do real journalism by investigating the Bidens. And she gets fired for so – you can't do that. No. All right. Back to the phones we go. Triple eight ninety seven Woods eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. She has to vent before the weekend, so it's safe for the rest of us to go outside. Hey Jude. Hey, I had a good time. Uh, Rose and I both Tuesday night at the county commissioners meeting. Wait, 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 uh, wait, 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 wait. You are the only person in the history of America to ever say they had a good time at a county commissioners meeting. <laughs> well, I got to do a little bit of. I warned you guys. 
Okay, yeah. remember when I used to tell you about the land use plan mm-hmm. and that it was not going to work in in, uh, in Toronto County because, first of all, it was adopted illegally. It what didn't go through the proper uh, 45-day notice and that kind of stuff. Well, they went ahead and kept it going. And here we go now. Um, you, you're familiar with Casper, right? Yeah. Okay, the Walmart that's on the west side? Okay, yep. Okay, all those nice houses that are being built up and back there yep. and the apartment complex and all of that mm-hmm. and the eateries and all of that? Yep. We're like this side. Now they want to put a gravel pit up there. <laughs> and it's on yeah. it's on state land. Okay. Which which is permitted through the state and they probably can get away with it. But like I told these gentlemen and couple that was there, there're 2 and 3 million dollar homes up there. Yeah. And this gravel pit is going to sandblast them like nothing business. Okay, G- give me a, a clue, though, in relation to, so let's take Walmart. We'll go straight up from Walmart. There's that neighborhood there. Will they yep. be able to see the gravel pit? Well, uh, one guy was saying it's less than 100 feet from his front door. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, these guys are getting ready to go to battle with the planning, and I got up and I said, well, I guess we opened up another can of worms, eh, boys? Uh, another thing being put someplace that really doesn't belong. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with your land use plans, is that you guys go ahead and you okay these things. Well, they claim to have no knowledge of it, which uh, I kind of doubt because of the people that are involved in wanting to put it in. Um, in fact, the gentleman that wants to put it in, uh, has land that uh, abuts this property, and he said, "Well, I don't want to put it on my land because of the sights, the smells, the sounds, the dust." And I thought, "Well, you moron! You just told everybody in that neighborhood what what you're going to do to them. You don't mm-hmm. want happening to you, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know." Well, anyway, so um, I tell the county commissioners, you know, and oh, and we did get rid of the planning gal. Yay, yay, yay! Remember, I asked for her uh, resignation yeah. a long time ago. And uh, anyway, so these guys are trying to figure out what to do. Well, their uh, representatives are Harshman and Bob Eyed. So I told them to start with them and to uh, get a copy of that land use plan and maybe go to the governor over this. I mean, you can't do that. You can't put in. It's like what they did to me over here. They put in a, a, a car crushing outfit right in the middle of agriculture now that's stupid we have light industrial we have heavy industrial why not make these people put that in those areas where it's designated for that okay rather than you know abuse these people that spent millions of dollars building these homes i am still in favor though of making the car crushing facility a city attraction in mills we could we could sell tickets to this Oh, yeah. Well, I get a flat a week from it. So oh, yeah. I mean, no, I if you have it like people up on the hillside there or in bleachers, whatever the case is, and the guy who operates the crusher machine walks out in an executioner's getup, right, like in the old medieval times, oh, and then go ahead and put the cars in there, and he goes thumbs up, thumbs down, the audience responds, you can sell snacks. I mean, your beer sales will be through the roof. Oh, that would, you know what? We have an extra liquor license right now, too. So, there you go. Yeah, mm. that would be great. Yeah. But these poor people, you know, um, they're, they're elderly. They're, you know, 60s and 70s and they're going to want to sell their properties or, you know, leave it to the kids or something. 
And this uh, gravel pit's going to take hundreds of thousands of dollars off yeah. the value of their home. Because right. nobody's going to want to buy a home next to a gravel pit. Okay. Yeah, I. So, you would think they would have zoned it at least more of a, a buffer than that. I mean, enough that it wouldn't even. You, you can go around the corner from there, even. I mean, literally around the corner. That's the, the, the got, end of the mountain. Uh, we've got Knife River that's over here by Yellowstone. I mean, there's areas designated to do just those kinds of things. Yeah. Like even my Natorna property, I had it classified as light industrial so I could have a car crushing or dismantling or whatever I want to do out mm. there. But it's 28 miles out. Nobody's around. Nobody's going to hear me. So there's plenty of room to do the right thing. So I advise the county commissioners to get to talking to the state people and help these guys out because election time is coming. And if you bag on these boys now, uh, a lot of you aren't going to be there for next time. Okay. All right. So I'm glad you had such a good time at a county commission meeting. Oh, you should have seen Rose. She... <laughs> <laughs> you two ever just show up with, like, popcorn and so on and... Oh, no, but I bring my bottled water, and I get up and wander out and smoke a cigarette. Okay. Just like I used to do through, through chemo. Yes, okay. <laughs> she's in chemo, and she's stepping out for a cigarette. Okay. <laughs> oh, you can see the looks on their faces when okay. I do it, too. I had a friend of mine in uh, in uh, Orlando, Florida. She decided to get a gym membership, but uh, she, they had a treadmill that was sort of outside of the main room. Which was good right. because she would use that treadmill to watch something on her iPad while she was walking and smoking a cigarette. <laughs> My kind of gal. My kind of gal. Okay. All right. Thank you, Jude. Yeah, have a great weekend. No, actually, what I just told you, there was a true story. In the last 11 years, 115 people died of weightlifting accidents in a gym. In that same 11 years, only one person died of eating a donut. Make good choices. If it matters in Wyoming, it matters to wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888-97-WOODS and make your voice heard. AM 1030, K2 Radio. 921's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. i got a whole list of things here I'm going to kind of go through. Some of them really quick here. So Google is putting a pause on some ultra-woke AI imaging. Now, for those who don't know AI imaging, it's actually really unique. It's interesting what it can do. You get onto a screen and tell, just type in what you want. So I want a T-Rex walking down Central or Avenue um, and pick a city, you know, Miami, whatever. And it'll go ahead and do that. Just name what you want. You just got to. And some people are having fun putting funny parameters in to see what kind of weird things. Because the computer has to figure out what you meant by that, and sometimes the results are hysterical. And the computer will create a picture based on what you tell it you want to see. Now the pictures are actually very good. I mean, really well done. It's not garbage pictures. It looks good. But again, the computer often tries to figure out what you meant by that. Okay, well. Story says Google announces pausing its ultra woke Gemini artificial intelligence image generator, saying the tool has created historic photos with, and they say inaccuracies. You think? So, for example, someone wanted a picture of George Washington. They made George Washington Japanese, or some other race for that matter, but 
it whatever it does, whatever it spits out, it never looks like George Washington. Okay, from Google Communications, we're already working on addressed recent issues with Gemini Imaging Generator. While we do this, we're going to pause the image generation for, and it'll be re-released soon. Again, some of this is just absolutely hysterical. Go ask for a historic figure of somebody really important, like, again, George Washington or someone like that. If Now, they've turned it off, but when you were able to do this, it was hysterically funny what it would come out with. The images looked anything like what George Washington would look anything like. It was trying to be politically correct by showing cultural diversity rather than showing you George Washington, right, as one of many examples. All right, next one. Casper is upset because the Postal Service wants to downsize and move where they sort the mail. A story here from Cowboy State Daily. Forcing a national template for change on rural Wyoming to downgrade Casper's U.S. Postal Service and uh, distribution center and farm out services to Montana. Residents are saying, bad idea. Why can't we do it here? They also question the timing in a hearing that went from 3 to 5 p.m. I did see a little bit of that hearing. Some local residents were not happy. Even so, the story says the afternoon uh, window didn't stop a host of aerial postal workers in union shirts and city residents and representatives from the post office and U.S. Senator Cynthia Lummis from filling the conference room with a 120-seat standing room only, so they were well beyond that. Quote, this administration seems to target Wyoming, said one woman of Casper, a mother of a postal worker, she says, first of all, first it's oil and gas industry and then coal industry. Now it's for post offices. So, okay. Uh, it's a rerouting question to save money, says the Postal Service. But, of course, for us it would mean slower service. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, a lot of the sorting would happen even out of state. So, okay, that's where we are right now with that. There was a big, I'm looking at a picture of the meeting. Quite a few residents showing up, standing room only, people not happy with this. We'll see what happens. All right, I, well, I don't have any answers on that. So next one, Senate committee passes a bill to let Wyoming create its own state guard. Oh. So Wyoming needs its own militia or Wyoming state guard, the story says, to deal with contingencies raising from blizzards to terrorist attacks, say supporters of a bill, moving through our state legislators that would organize such a force. Quote, it would absolutely be a state force with proper chain of command and equipment and training. That's a firearms instructor and private security expert told Cowboy State Daily. He traveled to Cheyenne to prepare to testify. If you want to look it up, it's Senate File 106, which would authorize Wyoming governor to organize a state guard. However, the Senate Appropriations Committee on Tuesday voted unanimously to forward the proposal to the full Senate with a due-pass recommendation. So we'll see when the debate happens and so on. Um, purely a state in Denver. Uh, it, it, in that, I can't say that word right now. It's up to the state. A term militia, the story says, can be confusing. In the broadest terms under the Second Amendment, it simply means every able-bodied adult male 
would be able to participate after a state militia or state guard is more specific. And for those thinking of just getting together with friends and forming a militia, I said not a good idea, and that's not what this is. The story says the concept of organizing state guards or militia, not new. Prior to early 20th century, such bodies existed only to reinforce the army when needed. However, those old militias were usually poorly organized and equipped with, well, it was you know, equipment from way back then. In 1903, federal government organized the National Guard, which meant the military standards for a chain of command, training and equipment and so on. 1916, it was decided that the National Guard units would be called up and shipped out with regular army for conflicts. And that happened in 1917 when many U.S. troops went to fight in World War One. A lot of them were National Guardsmen. National Guard has been called overseas many times, the story said, to fill the gap when it was needed. A bunch of the governors explained, uh, this is a quote, a bunch of the governors complained and said, wait a minute, we didn't gamble you would uh, every last man for an extended period of time. And so the federal government authorized the states to form their own state guards. They can perform many of the same duties as the National Guard with their states, but cannot be called away to reinforce the army. So anyone who did sign up for something like this, it would strictly be for dealing with problems in-house. About 20 other states have active guard units that are like this right now, and, and Wyoming has yet to have one. Now, on that note, and this is just a little side note on this, is I was just watching um, Governor of Florida was on the ridiculously large television they put in my studio next to me here. He is sending not just Highway Patrol, but Florida National Guard to the southern border to help out some of those southern states. So, yeah, Florida is sending Highway Patrol and their own National Guard to southern states like Texas to help out with the situation there. And, of course, Governor of Florida is defiant, as he always is. So coming up on, well, you know, the Biden administration doesn't like this idea. But All right, coming up on 930, local news coming your way right after local news update on your weather forecast. And then you and I come rolling back into this. 888-97-WOODS is the phone number. Mike and Casper, instead of three-day service for mail, add seven days going out of state and delivery. Wonder what that does for the carbon footprint, Mike. Huh? What do you think? It's Wake Up, Wyoming. Six at time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, triple eight ninety seven. What's the phone number? That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S from DJ and Gillette. She sends me this one: carbon catastrophe. And and here's from the state where we're supposed to be getting into carbon sequestration. And again, that's just got to be stopped. But okay, an explosion three years ago filled the air in Yazoo County, Central Mississippi with a dense concentration of carbon dioxide, CO2. 
that caused mass poisoning. More than 200 people were forced to flee. At least 45 wound up in hospital. Cars were stuck as inoperable because of the lack of oxygen in the air disrupting energy service. Now, that's an extreme example, but I have given you other stories where places around the world have tried to capture CO2 and store it in the ground, and many of them have given it up because it isn't working. A lot of it just gets out. So it, it, it doesn't even really work to try to do it in most every single case. It's a, it's a light gas that tends to find its way out. So you can go ahead and try it, but you know a lot of places have just given up on doing it. Okay, now, this is just interesting. There is, here in, in, in Wyoming, if you were to rent an apartment and you were paying $1,200 a month for an apartment, I bet you would expect to get a pretty good place. Now, it depends on where you are, because if you're in one of the bigger towns in Wyoming, you know, compared to if you live way out somewhere. If you're living way out somewhere and you get an apartment, $1,200 can go a long way. But living in one of the bigger towns, you know, Cheyenne and, you know, so on, uh, Sheridan, places like that, $1,200 doesn't go as far, but it still gets you a very nice place. You'll probably get a couple of bedrooms out of it. And maybe even two bedroom to you know, one and a half bath is, is usually the case, but it depends on where you are. Because I've seen places where uh, for 1200 a month you can get uh, three bedroom, two bath. But that's Wyoming, right? Let's go to New York City, which is completely out of control. By the way, most office space in New York City is empty right now. All of those skyscrapers they have, most of the office space, not all of it, but most a good chunk of it is empty right now. But that's New York. Okay, so here's a young man. I'm going to play the audio for you. He walks into an apartment for rent that's $1,200 a month. That's dirt cheap in New York. Now, what we're looking at here is an apartment that's probably about uh, 7 feet wide, and it looks to be about 15 feet long. About 7 feet wide and 15 feet long. So you walk in the front door, and that's what you see. And at the end of the 15 feet is a window. Now, if you're wondering, well, where's the kitchen? Where's the bathroom? Where's the closet? You don't get one. What I just described is, yeah, I'll let him describe it to you. This has to be the tiniest apartment in Manhattan. This is insane, guys. Check this out. This is the entire apartment. I know this is an apartment. I cannot make this stuff up. This is everything. No bathroom, no kitchen. All you have is this closet to my left here, probably from Ikea, but I mean, does the job. So let me show you where the bathroom is. All right, so now, now he's going to go show the bathroom. The closet is something from Ikea that's cheap and was just put together. So it's more like a small wardrobe closet. That's it. Now that we were able to see this, which is, yes, this is the entire apartment. There's nothing left. I'm going to show you guys where the bathroom is because I'm sure you're wondering where the bathroom is in this apartment. He's so walking down a very long The bathroom hallway. is actually in the hallway, so you have to way make down. your way out of the unit and into here where we have this insane bathroom. It's not very I big. I mean, hey, this is crazy, but... It's also the cheapest apartment. So for $1,200 a month, you can live in... Well, New York, I guess. Would you really want to under those conditions like that? No, okay. 
and and really when you're talking $1,200 a month, a lot of you people are thinking, but isn't that like a mortgage? Oh, yeah. If you were, if you were paying that on a mortgage for a house in Wyoming, you can get a pretty nice house. Sending your kids out to play. Now hold still. Mommy, I can't breathe. Well, playtime's not what it used to be. Not since the nanny state's taken over. I'm not going to tape over your mouth. You need to breathe. How am I supposed to go out and play in my cave and move? Well, with all the dangers that are out there in the world, like Nerf, <laughs> soccer balls, <laughs> hugs, yeah. and who knows, your kid might come across a five-year-old selling lemonade on their front lawn after school. Now this is for your own safety, Put your helmet on. It's hot all this stuff. Don't take any chances in today's dangerous world. Make sure to bubble wrap your kids before they step out the front door. You need to anymore. I don't want to don't forget knee pads, shoulder pads, elbow pads, and helmets. Earplugs in case you hear any offensive words. 911 on speed dial on their cell phone. The number of a counselor just in case they see, hear, feel, smell. Anything that might be considered remotely offensive. Condoms. In fact, better idea. Just keep them inside. It's far too dangerous out there in the real world. Mommy, this stuff. What about a talk show host? Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. Someone even told me once they thought I'd be a good talk show host. Really? Yeah, a couple of people. Where do you get that, though? Where do you start? Well, that's where it gets tricky. I just walk into a building and say, I want to be a talk show host. Well, you know, they tend to give those jobs people that are, you know, in broadcasting. And that's really not fair. News and weather together at the top and bottom of every hour. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Time is 9.48. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Okay, Frank, a list of things on a level of uh, how scary they are. And we're going to start with the least scary and move up. Okay, this is a 1 to 10 scale? Yes, it is. The dark. Five. Okay. Clowns. Zero. Okay, it depends on who you're talking to. Go down the hallway, talk to our friend Ian. Terrified him. I'm not. Okay. They're clowns. Um, Now... To me, it depends on where you are for this. Sharks. Ten. Yeah, but we're in Wyoming. It doesn't matter. I, I, yeah, I've seen, them on, I've seen, okay. I've seen movies. Yes. Well, now, yeah, there was a time in Wyoming when this was at the bottom of a sea. You yeah. needed to be scared. Yeah. But, and but, those were huge sharks, too, compared to today. All right. But, but if you happen to go to a place where there is a shark, then you should yeah. be scared. Uh, serial killers. A hundred. Okay. Uh, spiders. 200. Okay. This this might be the top of the charts, this last one. I hate to freak you out. You're driving down the highway, and a cop passes you and does a U-turn. Eh, five. <laughs> you see, and, and I really feel bad for police officers. This Police officer just driving down the road, you know, just having his day, and he happens to be behind someone for a while. But the person he's behind is freaking out. Oh, yeah, they, and, they, and they do it on purpose, too. Yeah. Oh, I know sometimes they do it on purpose, and they get kind of close. Yeah, and they and, do that on purpose, yes, too. Yeah, I think they're just having fun, <laughs> in their minds, anyway. Yeah. Not fun for us, but no, here. No, but, but fun for them, yeah. Yeah, watch me freak this guy out. I'm just going to ride his tailpipe for yeah. the next five miles. <laughs> and then I'm going to turn on my lights for a moment and then turn away. Yeah. Just to freak the guy out. They, they, they need fun. I, I, guess, I guess they do. Look, there's a lot of times that police officers' jobs are just really boring for a few exciting moments from time to time. One time, the guy, there was a highway patrol guy, and this is right around Medicine Bow, and he did that. 
Yeah. You know, he, 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 he turned around, but he got stuck in the snowbank. Oh, wow. So me and three guys from Alaska, Alaska, yeah. pushed the guy out. Wow. Okay. Now, and, what and, are the odds? And, and the guy who was going the other way, he was speeding, he just was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. What are the, ga- the odds that you get stuck in the snow and three guys from all places, Alaska, Alaska help you push you there. out? Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. I mean... That's someone who's got an angel watching out for them or something like that. Did anybody see that? Yeah. No, we didn't know you're good. Yeah, because Alaskans are looking at our cold and our snow and going, what are you guys complaining about? Yeah, because I watched the guy make that U-turn. He went right in the snow and then couldn't get out. Okay. I mean, was it that important with the guy going five miles an hour over the limit? I would guess so. But But like I said, for some people, having that police officer do that U-turn is probably scarier than spiders. Depends on who you are. Okay. Very sad news today. Three University of Wyoming swimmers were killed in a one-vehicle accident yesterday on Highway 287 between Laramie and Fort Collins. The crash happened 10 miles south of the border. Killed were 19-year-old Charlie Clark, a sophomore on the men's swim team and a psychology major from Las Vegas, Nevada. Also passing away was Carson Muir, 18-year-old, a freshman on the women's swim team and animal and veterinary science major from Birmingham, Alabama. And Luke Slaber, a junior on the men's team studying construction management from Cape Town, South Africa. Back in 2001, eight UW cross-country runners were killed in an automobile accident on the same road. And back in the 1980s, UW volleyball coach Mike Inglis was critically injured in a wreck on 287, ultimately passed away from his injuries. State High School wrestling tournament continues today in Casper. It'll start at 10.30 this morning with the quarterfinal round. In 4, a boys Thunder Basin is the early leader in the team standing. Cheyenne East 5th, Kelly Walsh in the Toronto 6th, Cheyenne Central 8th, and Larry 9th. Those three guys, there, there are three guys that are looking for their fourth state titles. All won yesterday. Antonio Avila from Thunder Basin, Brock Fletcher of Rock Springs, and Kale Knezovich of Green River. On the girls', girls side, Star Valley with the early team lead with East 3rd, Central 4th, and the Toronto 9th, and Kelly Walsh 10th. So that quarterfinal round will begin at 10.30 this morning with the semifinals at 4 p.m. this afternoon. And the championship matches at the Ford Center in Casper will be at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. High school basketball from last night, the annual Peach Basket Classic between the Casper schools. The Trona got by uh, the Kelly Walsh on the boys' side, 55-50. So NC is 15-5 and on the year. And Kelly Walsh defeated the Trona 57-49. So KW is 10-13. The 1A and 2A regional basketball tournaments moving along today. This is a double elimination deal. So the 1A boys' regional is in Laramie. KC lost to Guernsey yesterday, 48-40. So KC will play Rock River right now in a loser-out game. The Midwest boys lost to Southeast, 61-14. Midwest in a loser-out game at 10-30 this morning against HEM. And the 1A Girls Regional Southeast over KC 41-15. KC in a loser all game against HM at 1-30. The 2A Boys East Regional has been in Burns and Pine Bluffs. Yesterday in Boys Play, Tongue River over Burns 51-28 and Bighorn beat Pine Bluffs 52-44. So Burns will play Pine Bluffs in a loser all game at noon today. In the 2A East Regional for the girls, Burns over Bighorn 39-34 and Pine Bluffs beat Sundance 32-29. In the winner's bracket, Tongue River will play Burns at 4 and Lingo will play Pine Bluffs at 5-30. Both of those games will be at Burns High School. Men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys will host Boise State tomorrow. Cowboys are 13-13 and overall and 6-7 and in Mountain West play. The Wyoming Cowgirls also at home tomorrow at 2-30 to beat New Mexico. And the Cowgirls are 9-5 and in Mountain West play and 14-11 and overall. That will start at 2-30. That's it in sports. I'm just trying to imagine the conversation between the KC and the Rock River kids. You're
you guys have an interstate running through the middle of your town? Well, yeah. How do you sleep at night, you know? Well, yeah. Well, they're pretty honestly. You know, those rural kids, they don't live very close to the to any paved road. No, they don't. No, no. And Casey and Rock River are a couple of the smallest towns that oh, we and, have. And, so. the, and among the smallest enrollments in the state, too, uh, yeah. for, for the schools. Yeah. Uh, hey, Frank, have a great weekend. You, you too. All right, coming up on some local business that we got to deal with, and we're going to roll into news time after that. National, local update on the weather forecast. Let's wake up, Wyoming.